This is what I call the Creed Standard. Short episodes to remind us of how to respond to the world with our best, and the mindset we have to maintain to uphold our promise to be better humans. Don't expect perfection. Don't expect to be flawless. Just remember that standard. Guys, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I... Do you ever get those times when somebody or something reminds you of uh, like an experience, like a nostalgic experience that just makes you love a piece of your past? Like that, <laughs> that happened to me the other day. Um, I was talking to a friend at the gym about um, a shirt that she was wearing, and it was the the name of a band, a punk rock band that she listens to. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like, I'll listen to them, see what I think of them. And I, you know how on Spotify, it'll, once a song's over, it'll automatically switch you to, like, a song radio, right? And it started switching me over to all these other punk rock band um, songs. And it came through with a song that I listened to years and years ago, probably, ooh, I'm going to say eight or 10 years ago. It may not have been that long. I, th- mm, I think I'd have to look up the date, but I remember this song and I don't even listen to punk rock now. I listen to podcasts or I listen to comedy or I listen to, um, you know, YouTube experts or advice, you know, um, on the things that are part of my brand or part of my mission. But it took me back to this song and do you want to know it? Do you want to know it? It is called Pittsburgh by the Amity Affliction. And I've listened to this song like 20 times over the past two or three days. And I absolutely love it. I'm going to burn out on it. Like we always burn out. But it took me back and I love it. And I'm like singing it in my head and I'm lip syncing it you know, in public, like at the gym and like in the coffee shop. And it's awesome. And I think those types of little things, being grateful for those things and really just feeling those things and loving those things for the small pieces of our life that they are is amazingly beneficial to our health. To have those little itty bitty moments of joy to be that big of a deal to us, I more and more think that's what life is about. And I love it. And if you listen to this song, tell me what you think. If Come on. I mean, if you're open-minded, you don't like punk rock, fine, okay. But I, I love it. Listen to the lyrics. It is absolutely amazing. It's very visual for me. Love it. But anyway, there's also so many things that I do now that are not typical of what most when men would do, you know, being ha- kind of having this image in society, um, in the in our external environment of uh, dancing randomly, or crying, or you know, lip syncing things, or I don't know, like what do guys restrictively think as masculine and what are the things that are not allowed as part of that masculinity (laughs) these are the provocative things that i always want to talk about and 
going to today's episode, the love that men share for one another is very hard to find as far as depth. It takes a lot of time to get to that. It takes a lot of vulnerability to get to that. But deep down, there's something there that even with a superficial shell, men can reach into each other's souls in kind of a nonverbal contract agreement. There can be a deep bonded trust there that we may not talk about, but it's understood. And it's something like no other. And that's today's Creed Standard thought. So, here we go. Creed Standard. The secret love of men. Oh yeah, there's, there's a secret. Men love each other differently than they love women. Men share love with other men in a different form. The idea here, though, isn't for men to love each other just the way that women do. I'm not trying to put that point across, that we have to change the way that we do it. There's a lot of work that we need to do, but there's something that guys do instinctively with enough time and with enough understanding that we can get to that is amazing. And just so we're clear, this is a topic based on plutonic relationships between men. This isn't this is absent of sexual orientation and attraction and intimacy. Although the biggest dif- discomfort and impact here would be towards straight men in to in plutonic relationships. So to keep going on here, the world seems to separate the word relationship and friendship pretty hardcore, especially for men. At least when it comes to what men have, I suppose. Men have relationships, romantic, sexual, intimate relationships with women, typically. And then men have friendships, lighthearted, on-the-surface, plutonic friendships with other men. And originally, I wanted to discuss the gap that we have between relationships and friendships, it seems like men are afraid to use certain words and phrases towards one another in in fear, and that can be based around a lot of things. And so how often do men say love? How often do men embrace each other? There always seems to be a tension and discomfort in men touching each other or saying particular things. But this, this is only because of conditioning, I think. And whether it is, quote-unquote, supposed to be a barrier we cross or not, I think it's super, super important to explore it. It's that uncomfort and it's that unknowing that nobody wants to reach into, but it's the only place that we find our answers. There's this weird paradox I've taken notice of. The more I learn of the world and the more I learn of how the mind works, especially my own, the more I realize I know nothing. And it's kind of freeing. So even though I gain so much in self-awareness and experience, it allows me to see that there is so much out there to understand. And what this means is it gives us even more reason for all of us to dial down to one thing in our life that we 
would love and be fantastic at and just completely conquer it. I think that's where our success comes from and our progress comes from and our contentment of what we're doing is when we can focus on one thing instead of switching back and forth and feeling like we're getting nowhere. Because we really don't have time to do it all, to become it all, to know it all. There's just too much out there in the world. And what we can master is our chance to be legendary, to fulfill a destiny. And so I set myself up to find out what pains my heart most. And in a lot of ways, in most ways, that's human connection between me and men and between me and women. And in a short, all-encompassing term, I guess that would mean human love. And even speaking the words, this is my destiny, and I have no idea where it will turn out. Not yet. But back to the point, the last couple of years, I've been wrapping my mind around masculinity and what that, what that means to me, because it's changed in so many ways. It's molded so many ways in my life what it actually means, how we can achieve it, how it affects our relationships with others. And I've read a lot of amazing things that have helped me understand myself. And I still have many more yet to help me become even more wise to what that subject is and the complexities around it. A book I read called Real Boys by William Pollock went into a great detail about boyhood nurturing and conditioning and how their experiences and guidance from their exterior influences has hurt their ability to be themselves. Parents, friends, teachers, girls, we've all been tunneled into this one way or this one idea of what a man is and what masculinity is. And it's really a superficial idea of masculinity and it's caused little boys to follow basically a quote-unquote standard of what it means to be a man instead of being nurtured into a healthy acceptance of what it means to be a man and that healthy version is so much more broad than what we've been taught it's so much more broad than what we've been allowed to feel and what we've been allowed to do and what we've been allowed to speak and act it's so just one-dimensional, and it never let most of us grow into something that is super real, something that is super authentic, something that makes us more unique than the person standing next to us, to the man standing next to us. It was a guideline and a checkoff list of what it took to be a man, and men are damn good at hating goals. Sneaky, sneaky society. And so as we hit this checkoff list, and as we grew into our own, we still realized we were unhappy because things were missing. And truly, this long read is one of the best things that I've ever had, this book by William Pollock. And I recommend it to any man that's curious, any man willing to face his uncomfortableness around what it means to be a man because most men just assume that they have it figured out. This truly is where men have gained their fear of showing affection to other men. Men, if you're listening to this, this could unlock a lifetime of understanding about you and how you have the ability to face it all and become everything you've ever wanted to be. 
It's going to dive deep into self-development and self-love and acceptance and change. God, so much change. But men have to do something spectacular. Even then, even restricted by any quote-unquote rules of man and not being able to have any upfront open affection toward other men, men truly have found a way to cope and really be strong with one another and trust each other. And all of the confusion based around what it means to be a man and what true masculinity is. Men have found ways of gathering into these packs and building an amazingly strong bond between each other through our camaraderie and through sharing laughter and fun and challenge in a lot of parallel aspects with each other and each other's lives. Sharing their love through the things that make them feel strong, things, things that make them feel unique and make them feel like a part of a pack. A lone wolf just doesn't last that long. Men really are intelligent wolf packs sometimes. Not in the sense of how much destruction they can do, but how great they can accomplish trust and tactic together. Men can overcome amazing challenge when they have brothers to stand by. Between their ability to find solution and strength in numbers, men can become these unstoppable forces. These mind-blowing, like life-changing, environment-changing, revolutionary-changing groups. These packs. In a lot of ways, I've found that I've carried on this trait from my father it's been kind of nurtured into me i become very preachy uh and i do a lot of pointing and i i find a lot of things that we're failing at and it's not quite fair it's not the best constructive criticism it's not the most positive but i've been angry about what i was for so long and what a what men have been taught to be, what men have been allowed to be when there's so much suffering inside of us, when there's so much suicide, when there's so much depression, when there's so much unsure about who we are. I've just become so fucking angry. And it's mellowing, and I'm trying to find what is more uplifting and what is more embracing And I have a hope in men because I've been able to do this. Because I've been able to change. And I used to think so little of myself. I used to hate myself for so many things. How I treated women. How I treated myself. How I cowered below other men. I have created a better man than I ever expected to be. I came into my own when I was able to accept who I was, love how I was present in the world, be proud of my efforts, and said fuck off to all the people who tried to convince me of something that just didn't feel real to me. So yes, men can be fucked up individuals. But as the saying goes, hurt people hurt people. There are just a lot of men that are really little boys that are screaming from the inside that want love, that want embrace, that want acceptance. And they're ready 
for people to accept them for who they are. To tell them that it is okay to be unique in everything they want to be. And somehow men have still been able to connect with each other and create bonds that no one can break. And a pack of little boys that all want to scream and have a little more comfort being inside of that same padded room with other little boys that are screaming too. To all the men out there, continue to love other men. Push the boundary. Because what's it going to hurt? You're not going to be exiled. You're not going to be shamed. And the people that do try to shame you are also hurt little boys. And if you're going to heal yourself, if you're going to go hand in hand with the little man inside of you, you're going to have to be willing to find the other men that are willing to do the same thing. (sighs) Let me remind you of something. The definition of the ideal man doesn't lie in society. It doesn't lie in the external. It doesn't lie in our fathers and our grandfathers. It doesn't lie in our influencers or mentors or role models. Of all the things that we can look up to for them, that's not where your ideal masculinity lies. That's just where you find your inspiration and your perspective. But you have to remember that you filter what you learn to become something yourself. And what comes out on the other side is your definition of man. It will be unique. It will be different. And it will feel damn good when you find it and then when you accept it. You define masculinity for yourself and not for anyone else. Stay strong, men, and stay rebel-minded.